Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is eight minutes after the hour. I am joined in studio with uh, by Garson from Graffs uh, in Mexico, Missouri. Dale Roberts is on board from the CPOA. Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement and firearms trainer, also with us. Um, you know, uh, Vice President Biden uh, really has a, a, a hate on for the Second Amendment. Uh, and Chris Wallace over at Fox News defended Biden said uh, Biden has made it clear over and over that he is not interested in taking away Second Amendment rights. He's interested in taking away weapons of mass destruction, like assault weapons. I was going to say weapons of mass destruction. I don't, I don't think I have any of those. Nuclear bombs? Well, I was just <laughs> checking. I want to find out if I can find Rosie any O'Donnell? weapons of mass destruction huh? at grass. Rosie O'Donnell? Rosie O'Donnell, oh. oh. He is really on his game today, boy. Yes, I tell you, you do not want to cross him. Ooh. Do you have any weapons of mass destruction at Graf's? That's you, Garson. Yeah, Garson. Yeah, no, wake I'm, him up. Somebody nudge him. We have a lot of products I have to think about. Um, I'm, I'm going to say no. Huh. There's How a few trailers in back I haven't been into for in a while. There may be something back there, though. <laughs> I'm, I'll be going to work with you because I want to look in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> You pay me as a day laborer. <laughs> you, you don't even have to pay him at all. Just give him a gun just to disassemble. Give him a couple boxes of ammo. Yeah, and, and I will. Be fine. I will work for ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see you standing on sixty-three and seventy at the intersection with that sign uh, in your hands. All right. Um, so you don't have any weapons of mass destruction, but you you might have some semi-automatic weapons. Not which, un- not under the Wasner Agreement, I believe. But you know, um, I, I guess Biden's definition is different. I think I think you're right. Uh, I think it is different, and and Chris Wallace as well. Um, and and I won't get into the weekday show, but I think Chris Wallace is just an, a never Trumper, uh, and will do anything to get rid of Trump, in, including coming up with a stupid defense for his dislike of the AR-15 by calling it a weapon of mass destruction. But what What's pray tell have you brought? What hath God wrought? What are we doing first, Scott? Well, I, we can do the six twenty nine. Okay. It's it's revolver day here on Gary on Guns. Well, it's it's some of the few guns I actually have in inventory. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're very very nice. The 629 just came in, which is probably the only reason I was able to snag it. Um, oh yeah, because I can't see this one lasting very long at all. Yeah, but it is it is a Smith and Wesson Performance Center model, and it is it, it's got that awesome unfluted cylinder which I love. Um, it just looks. I, I just prefer the way unfluted cylinders look. I don't know why. I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially in forty-four Magnum. Yeah, so, forty-four so Magnum. So what we're looking at is we're looking at a, um, a a highly updated version of what a lot of folks would commonly know as the Dirty Harry gun, <laughs> the Smith and Wesson model six twenty-nine forty-four Magnum. This is a six-shot. This particular one is a, a brushed stainless um, with a non-fluted cylinder, like Garson said. And um, a two point six two five inch barrel. That's very exact. That's there. very exact. <laughs> <laughs> Does have adjustable rear sights, and um, I've always been a bit of a revolver nerd. Um, a few times in my life, I've carried one professionally. Uh, more than a few times, I've carried one as a backup gun. Uh, once for a period of time, I even had a job where I carried one as a primary, and I still love a good revolver. I love a good revolver, and I always will contend that if you can shoot a revolver well, a double-action revolver well, um, I can teach you to shoot anything. 
Um, and these are, but the, the two that you brought in are just amazing yeah, specimens the, of the. If you have the trigger control to shoot a revolver well, there should be nothing you can't shoot well. Correct, correct. And I really like this, and it would be a nice pairing um, if, if in fact, I owned any forty-four magnums. Well, check, the, out, check out the skeleton full underlug. So it's cut through the entire way instead of being uh, closed on one side. Oh yeah, I see that. I see that. What, yeah. Is that uh is that was that a weight reduction? <laughs> I'm guessing it does reduce the weight, but I think oh. it looks pretty cool too. Oh yeah, it does look really cool. Yeah, I did not notice that. Oh, wow, very cool. <laughs> um anyway, this has started out its life as a 629 and then um went to the performance center before it came to you. Yep. Slab side barrels um and then uh chrome trigger and chrome hammer so the parts your salty sweat will get on. Or chrome. Or actually chrome rather yeah. than stainless. Um, yeah, man, I could... Who makes a holster for this? Lots of people. <laughs> but would you ever put it in your holster? I just imagine you walking around with your hands all day. <laughs> uh, well, that might happen, too. Might happen. Um, yeah, great little gun. I I mean, I knew Smith still made the 629. I did not know that they were making, or actually a performance center version of this one. Um, nice, nice 44 Magnum. Uh, for... Uh, yeah, they I, don't say what the grips are made of. It just says wood. Um, yeah. So apparently, it's not you know anything special, like Coca Cola or anything. There you go. But um, they are those are rather nice. They got some good contrast to them. Yep. Excellent. Um, I mean, excellent cylinder lockup. I would not. Um, boy, it's a little heavy though. I'm gonna tell you if I put six rounds of 44 Magnum, in, it gets even a little heavier. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd probably still carry it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hand it back to him now, Scott. That's but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to tell everybody that those, those are Coca Cola. Thirty-seven point four ounces. Yeah, that's not actually that's not bad for yeah. a forty-four magnum. Although it might be telling once you start to crank off a few forty-four magnums. I was going to say I'm not sure I want to shoot much forty-four mag out of anything that weighs much less than. Well, that. don't forget they make it's, scandium frame versions of that. Oh yeah, see that's. Uh, Oh, even better. Even better. That'd go right up your arm. <laughs> All right, I think I'm done. You know, I think I have speed loaders that would fit this. Oh, well, anyway. So I'm done nerding out about the 629. I do. It's a nice little gun. Um, I'm going to guess that in the near future, maybe even the mid-future, we're not going to see too many more of these. And I'm guessing this one's going to go pretty fast, huh? I would expect it to. Yeah. Um, real reasonably priced for well under $1,000 for, for a performance center gun. Uh, it makes a nice pairing. Um, I have been looking around. I don't know, 44 Magnum, any of it around? Guns? Oh, uh, Ammo? I, I haven't checked. Okay. Um, I believe the retail store still has a little. Uh, okay. I know they got some self-defense stuff yeah. in the shop. Well, and I mean, and because you can shoot 44 Special through a 44 Magnum, and that's a fairly obscure cartridge, you might find a few boxes around here and there as well. Um, which might tame it down a bit for um, self-defense use. But definitely, self-defense use, like I said, I would carry it, but I'm kind of a weirdo that way. Um, just because I could, you know, for a couple of weeks I could say that I did. You'd but, really have to have one <laughs> hell of a reach to pull that out of a holster. Um, but then the uh, the other issue with it is it surely make a nice home defense gun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Man, that is pretty, too. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really, really, really. I mean, I tell everyone those are Coca Cola wood grips is what I would do. Oh no, that's not the right. That, that's way too light for Coca Cola. I'd still tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll find out. We'll find out what else came into the studio from Garson at Graphs. But first, these important messages. I'm Gary on guns. 
By the way, if you've got firearms questions, the law, concealed carry, give us a call. 874-9390. Toll free, 800-529-5572. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 9390. 20 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And Scott Van Kirk is with us, former uh, uh, law enforcement. He's also a firearms trainer. Uh, and my fill-in host, when I'm not here, Dale uh, Roberts is on board from the CPOA. Graphs has sent us Garson. Uh, we were talking about this uh, 629 uh, revolver. And i got to tell you, I'm looking at this cylinder, and it just I'm so used to seeing them uh, fluted, it, it just looks kind of odd to me. I guess, uh, do they, are there a lot of uh, revolvers that, uh, that, that so come with a, a, a lot cylinder? Of a lot of them have gone back to it. It's kind, of, it's kind of old school because it is a more precise, you know, milling process to flute a cylinder. So if you go all the way back to, you know, for instance, your youth, um, perhaps Billy the Kid <laughs> would have shown you a black powder revolver that didn't have a fluted cylinder. And Scott used to come on the show. <laughs> uh, this is his final appearance. Um, it, it just it just looks kind of, because uh, I'm, I'm so used to seeing them uh, fluted that it's like, wow, that just looks strange. That is a pretty gun all right um let's move on because garson didn't bring that uh, uh alone he, he brought a second firearm and uh is it in scott's hands to be disassembled we'll find out in a moment but first let's go grab a caller or two uh we'll start off with ed he just got on the line ed welcome glad to have you on gary on guns how are you i am well sir thank you uh i would like if someone could explain to me the C as in cat and R as in Raymond eligible firearm and what it takes to purchase a firearm in that category. Gary? Yeah. Scott and I, during the break, were just sitting here talking about CNR license and CNR weapons. <laughs> this, is, this is just as strange as it can be. They'll uh, ask me to call. Um, because i have a cnr license um which is not a big deal it's just a sort of a what i'd consider a very low level ffl that allows one to purchase cnr weapons and i think the caller did you ask what is a cnr weapon what qualifies no uh i'm looking at something that's uh, cnr eligible and I wanted to know what it would take to purchase that. Oh, sure. If you buy it from a federally, from a firearms license, you know, from a gun store, it's the same as anything else. They have to do a background check to sell a weapon. Right. If you if you buy a weapon, are you in the state of Missouri? Yes, sir. I'm okay. in Columbia, actually. Okay. Um, so if you if you buy a firearm in Columbia, it, well, if you buy a firearm, the seller. If the seller is not a licensed dealer, the only the limitation on the seller is that the seller cannot knowingly sell a firearm to someone who is a, in quotes, prohibited person. So if the seller has reason to know that you are a convicted felon, got a dishonorable discharge, uh, you know, a judged mentally deficient in some way, uh, renounced your citizenship, you know, those elements that the federal government recognizes as things that makes one a prohibited person. Um, sorry, it's a lengthy explanation, but uh, if the seller thinks you're one of those persons, the seller cannot legally sell you the gun. Otherwise, there's no license, permit, background check. Uh, it's 
do you have the money? Here's the firearm. Okay, may I order a firearm through a CNR licensee? Well, that's a yes, no. You could order it, but if, if you do not have a CNR, then they have to send it to a licensed gun dealer. Yeah, a, a CNR license does not make you a dealer. It's right. a collector's license. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's the lowest level federal firearms license, and generally, if I remember my CNR stuff correctly, generally it was um, military firearms that were in excess of 100 years old. 50. 50 now? Okay. Yeah. Um, that you could purchase directly, and they would be shipped to your house on your, um, uh, what do they call it, collectible and relic? Curio and relic. Curio yeah. and relic license. Um all, when it says that it's CNR um, eligible, eligible that's the word, yeah, thank you. Um, it just means that if you possess the CNR license, you could directly order it. If you don't want to go to the trouble of getting a CNR, you still can order that firearm and have it shipped to a federally firearms licensed dealer and just go through the 4473 process. Yeah, the, the CNR is really... M- geared towards high-volume collectors. Right. So they're not constantly having to fill out 4473s right. to obtain firearms. You know, guys who want to collect every bolt-action rifle preceding World War II that was used by a military, and of which there's a lot okay. of them. If I were to obtain a CNR license, for myself, of course, and at some stage I wanted to divest the firearm I purchased under it, uh, I can do that as a private citizen? You, if if you, I have a CNR license. If I buy a CNR firearm and then decide I just don't want that anymore, I am allowed to sell it. But the federal government goes to great lengths to remind me that I am not allowed to engage in retail sales. Commerce, yeah. Okay. So so I could sell a one of my CNR firearms every once in a while. But if I I can't remember the number, but there is a limit, and if they find out you have exceeded your limit, it's a pretty serious offense. And when you get a you know a CNR license like any FFL, um, you're signing a document that says they have the right to come to your home at any time, pretty much unannounced, and check your inventory, so to speak, and your records. So you, I'm not saying they have the resources. Well, there are downsides to it. Well, potential, and I'm not saying they have the resources to do that or do it very often, but they have the legal authority to do so. So you, I take very seriously the fact that I'm not, you know, I'm not sell, you know, in business or trying to sell guns. I have in in the last gosh twenty years, I think I have parted with one curio and relic that I purchased and shot, and then just decided I didn't need it around anymore, but. Basically, what I think what you need to ask yourself in regards to getting a CNR is really how many curio, how many curio relic are you likely to buy over the course of the lifetime of that license? It is only ten bucks a year, but it does. Re- I'm in my eighties, so yeah. I mean, are you are you are you planning on uh, are you planning on getting into a serious collection in the short term, or it may just be as easy to have it shipped to your local FFL and go do the paperwork okay. and pick it up. I, thank, um and one apl- applies for CNR through FF, um, yeah, I'm sorry. ATF. Through ATF. ATF. I have a slight a bit of aphasia. So thank you for your kindness and courtesy. You, what, aren't you going to tell us what you're going to buy? Um, <laughs> yes, I was, if, uh, I was looking at an Enfield uh, MK3 
303 uh, oh. bolt action rifle. Oh, sure, an old infield, yeah. A number yeah, of, a number four Mark three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. 22-inch barrel, yeah. Yeah, great little rifle. Great for, little rifle. For whimsy. <laughs> yeah. And and God bless you, anybody who's in their 80s and still shooting and collecting, God bless you. Well, I no longer have a wobble zone. <laughs> you. I have a tremor and jerk zone. <laughs> All uh, right. Some of us share that with you. Thanks for right. calling. Thank Best you. of luck, Ed. Thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, now... I'm just curious, uh, Scott, you don't need that license for that flintlock that you carried during the Revolutionary War, right? Uh, no. Because you owned it, your grandfathered in. Uh, actually, um, I really wish that I still had one of the rifles that uh, one of my two great many grandfathers carried during the Revolutionary War. To that include when they. Awesome. Yeah, to including when one of them crossed the Delaware with Washington. So. Yeah, um, <clears throat> because you, because being, you're probably being, being, an, being an actual son of the American Revolution who can trace their ancestors all the way back to before the Revolutionary War, that would be a great sense of pride. Well, first point is you're a son <laughs> of something, um, but I won't go into insulting your lineage on air. And uh, secondly, I go back even further. Oh, that's uh, I, right. My that's relatives right. That's were right. Blackfoot. That's right. You are a, and um, I'm going to go ahead and be politically incorrect because we discussed this over breakfast once. You are part Redskin, which is the Blackfoot tribe. Yep. Yes. So is he going to yep. get some football money? Is that what? I don't think he got any football money. No, money. but I've been, I've been, hand, I've been, tell, I've been uh, telling people, go ahead and call, uh, you know, I'll give you dispensation. You can, you, you can yeah. call them Redskins. I now, uh, now I have to, to do a deep dive into the family lineage to, to think that probably some of my ancestors fought your ancestors because we also fought in the French and Indian Wars. Well, we, <laughs> we, tracked, we tracked your family tree. We found out you were the sap. So anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, all right. there, we're just trying to get even here. I'll, I'll tell you this. As to that flintlock that Scott wishes he had, as with many of us, you know, it fell out of the boat, it sank, and, you know, it's not to be found. <laughs> yeah, that, there so you go. Would, would Gary also hate dinosaurs then? Yes, he did. His family fought them too. <laughs> oh, gonna <laughs> really stay away from him. He's, he's just razor sharp today. All right, he did bring and and Scott. Let Dale have the little revolver. Let him at least have the little revolver. It, please little hand it to him for a minute during the break. Then we'll come back and describe it. We little baby. <laughs> You're listening to Carry On Guns. Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you, Carson. That. Uh, that that nine two nine is that is that available? Uh, do you have more than one? Is that is that the only one? The nine two nine. Nine two nine. So uh, six six. I'm uh, sorry. Six twenty nine. Mm -hmm. Six twenty nine. Yes, um, that is the only one. But it will be back to graphs in in an hour and a half. That's right, because they're working you like a dog, or something. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just made a mistake when they looked at him. Uh, just better be wow. careful. Cause Racist. Garson is. Uh, <laughs> he is a tough crowd today. today. I think that was racist. As a white man, I'm calling him out for calling you a ra being racist towards you, Garson. <laughs> as long as he can exercise his white privilege every once in a while, I think it's okay. Yeah, Garson. Uh, well, now you you brought in a second revolver, as uh, Scott Van Kirk said. It is revolver day, uh, Dale. You got to play with it. it, it it's it's nice to know that that Scott is you know. Playing nice and sharing. Yes, plays well with others. Uh, yes, and actually, I handled the Performance Center 44 mag, and then the uh, Kimber 
357, and the weight difference is just, you know, phenomenal. The 44 mag obviously needs to be a little bit heavier. So the Kimber is a nice, lightweight, good carry in my pocket. Kimber happens to be the lightest six-shot 357 Magnum revolver made. Really? Yeah. Like 23 ounces or something like that? Um, and yeah. noteworthy that uh, they're both six-shot. Yep. Not five shot, six shot revolvers. Mm -hmm. Very nice. The small this and the the smallest cylinder is still capable of handling a three fifty seven. Yes, in six rounds. rounds yeah, because yeah. I would hazard to say that this is smaller than. Um, it's as small as a five shot J frame. Oh yeah, easily. It's, it's easily smaller than my SP one hundred one. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, big sure. time. Um, uh, so what we're, what we're talking about is the Kimber KG six. Which is their the Kimber, who of course is sort of known for 1911s in upstate New York, uh, came out a couple years ago. We haven't quite nailed it down whether it was two or three years ago. Came out with a line of revolvers, the three, KG three-ish sounds about yeah right. KG sixes. Um, they were really hard to get there the first really year. really hard to get and really expensive. This one's actually. Um, it, it well in the range of reasonable, I think. Yeah, now that production's caught up with demand. Yeah, mid sevens. Yeah. Um, it's a six shot three fifty seven Magnum, which of course means that you can shoot thirty eight specials through it as well. Uh, this particular one is got a uh, um, concealed hammer, so it's a double action only. Very similar to the Smith and Wesson old model forty one. Was that the forty one? Six forty two. Well, I'm going. I'm old school. I'm going double digits forty one. I'm thinking of the one that the uh, the South Vietnamese intelligence agent used to assassinate that guy on uh, and made Time Magazine. Oh dear God! Yeah, that was a six four. That was a forty one, I think. Anyway, um, historical references with Garson. <laughs> now he's looking it up on the internet. Oh no, I'm just the only forty one I can remember always had a hammer. Okay, well we'll get to we'll look it up at some point, probably the next commercial break. Um, this is. I forget who they tapped to help design this. We were trying to figure that out. Was it Claude Werner or who was it? That, that sounds right to me, but I, I couldn't, yeah, the I couldn't find the reference to the, it. The tactical professor. Um, Sorry. Anyway, so we're looking at a six-shot snub nose, uh, brushed stainless steel, um, Kimber KG-6. This gun I definitely would carry. If I were going back to the old school days of carrying a, a oh, wheel yeah. gun. It was, it was built from the ground up specifically for that purpose. Yeah. Um, I think that this would be an amazing... Um, little, especially at its weight, I'd be honest with you, it'd be a nice little ankle gun. Uh, I'd never carry it by ankle. That's just, you're asking the Seems like such there. a long way to reach. It's uh, inconvenient uh, to get to. Contextual, well, but for Scott and his hover round. Context <laughs> contextually, and that hover round's not a bad reference, Dale, thank you. Contextually, there is a place for ankle carry. Um, uh, the, 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 the movies. The, no, the example, I'll get, <laughs> the example I'll always give you is um, Jake from State Farm, the commercials. The guy who's standard duty uniform to work in his cube farm is a pair of khakis and a polo shirt and for seven and a half hours out of eight he sits he sits in a chair at a cubicle and answers a phone then your ankle is just right down there and it's also a position where you don't have to worry about any kind of overcovering. so if it's got to be tucked and it's got to be absolutely concealed semi to non-permissive environment where you can't carry a gun at work or it can't be seen at work individuals who drive for a living again it reach right down there as opposed to an ankle carry you got a desk though you could hide like an ar pistol in your desk drawer but then you have to get up and move from your desk you still want the weapon on you that's off body carry 
So and get it in and out of work, which some yeah. briefcase which, professionals which, carry briefcases. Which is, I don't think the guys. HK, HK made a perfect Garson, briefcase for Garson. that. No, it's a, it was a giant briefcase <laughs> for that. But anyway, um, the the contextual nature of uh, of ankle carry would lend itself to this pretty well. Um, it's a nice little gun. It's a nice little firearm. Um, I really think I should have one. So well, two, they're small. They're two, they're small. So maybe we have to talk about price at some <laughs> point because seven fifty is a really good price. Um, it's a fixed sight system. It's double action only, but it has an amazing factory double action trigger. Yeah, and Absol- I'd say this cylinder is also unfluted, but they kind of slab sided it. Yeah, they did. They sort of took a little bit off the off the side, so to speak, and um, call it real fluting so much. But yeah. Well, a little unique design cue. A unique design it up a little bit, and I see that they, um, yeah, lightens it up. And I see that they where they did it is sort of between the chambers, which has to have something to do with a, a strengthening concept. Um, engineer types probably know a little bit more about that. I like it. It's the first one I've actually handled, and because you talked about in that three years of production, you just could not find one. Now, if I could just find someone who owned one who would let me shoot it, you should that buy this. Could be arranged. You should buy buy this, Garson, and then I could shoot it. Well, maybe he could just give you the adoption papers, and you <laughs> give him your credit card, and you could shoot it all you want. I just would. I mean, it's yeah. again. It, um, there's a. Um, I think if you still hunt, I think there's still a little bit of three fifty seven Magnum and thirty eight special ammo around there somewhere. Um, that and uh, uh, we should talk about that, Garson. What are we looking at on ammo supplies? We, we got ammo coming in, uh, but we've got back orders for pretty much everything, so it goes right back out. Are you still guys still taking back orders, or have you cut off on that? Uh, we are still accepting back orders for everything except for primers at the moment. Okay, because primers are how far out? Um, we've been told not to expect primers for six to nine months. Okay, which means wow. 12 to 14, right? Probably, and yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's um, if Trump wins the election. Um, if Trump does not win the election... Um, who knows when we'll see primers again. Uh, the demand for ammo is just so high, and most of the uh, manufacturers are supplying the OEM ammo makers before they're letting primers out into the real world. So are you, th- are you thinking that based on that presidential election with a Republican win, some of the hysteria might back off a little bit? Oh, and we yeah, see- it'll fall to the floor. Okay. Uh, okay. And the profiteers will stop getting in it because they won't be able to make the stupid margins they're making on it okay. now. Even with the, even with the potential of more violence, yeah. Okay. See, I I don't I, I don't think that the uh, demand is going to diminish until the violence does. And, I'm, and, and, I'm and, a little bit more in your camp on that one, Gary. I, I think yeah. the people that are serious about protecting themselves though already have sufficient stock. Um, any more than what you can carry is kind of a waste. Yeah, but I think there are more and more people who are going to be concerned and think that, you know, the, the best way to defend myself is to find a firearm somewhere. Uh, and it, I really feel sorry yeah, for those people. It's a shame they're late to the game, though, because yeah. now they have no way to train or prepare themselves. Well, they do have ways to train. Um, Not uh, like they should. Well, it, yeah, I don't know. You could... You could. Um, I mean, if you can't find a box of ammo to practice with, you're doing yourself a disservice i suppose uh, a 22 conversion kit is better than nothing but i you know i'd find the 22 I, I don't like well I've, yeah I've, I've seen some 22 long rifle available and it's interesting that you bring that up dale because um primarily training wise i've been doing a lot of 22 long rifle conversion stuff i've yep. been doing i've got an advantage arms converted glock 17 
for 22 long rifle, which is a great little conversion kit. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of my live fire practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad about that. I sold my Advantage Arms kit so I could buy the bottle with a threaded barrel since I got my suppressor in. Mm-hmm. You can't get one. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm. it bounces around my head as many other ideas often do, but I am seriously looking at trying to, and I'm going to find a couple of guinea pigs because I've always got people that are bothering me to, to teach them some things about firearms. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and work up a course... Uh, minimal live fire that actually provides uh, a decent amount of training, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, grab up a couple of guinea pigs and see how I can pull that off. If I can pull off something where, in combination with some 22, a lot of dry fire, some laser stuff, and maybe less than 50 rounds of actual center fire, and see how much bang for the buck, quote unquote, I can get out of that as a training as a trainer. You know, because you got you got to be outside the box now. You really do. We were talking uh, about the guns that uh, Garson brought in from Graffs, <clears throat> and one of the comments that uh, Scott Van Kirk uh, that you made was that you like revolvers. Um, what do you like revolvers as much as semi-automatics? More, less? Well, I mean, given my background, um, military and law enforcement side, I'll always kind of be a, uh, a semi-automatic guy because that's the tool that um, that I, you know, I sort of came up on and things like that. But there's a place for revolvers, and revolvers can certainly be a highly effective means of self-defense, of home protection, and, and prior to the availability of ammo. Um, although even actually in addition to the, in, in also with the, um, the problems with getting ammo and stuff like that, revolvers are great training tools. I would, if I had to have a shooter that had one skill when I got them to train, um, and that would be the ability to effectively engage a double action trigger on a revolver. Cause if you can shoot double action revolver, you can shoot anything. Was there a time, uh, and, and I'll go to, uh, you or Dale, uh, or Carson, I guess any one of you. When semi-automatics had a problem uh, with feed, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that problem is pretty much gone now, right? I would say that post about 1985ish, with the advent of the Glock, is when we started to see what I call the modern era of the semi-automatic. Um, but let's be honest, 1911s, uh, Browning high powers, were sort of the two gold standards in semi-automatics. Look at the Luger. Well, the the Luger wasn't a gold standard for self-defense. But, I mean, it's gold standard for self-defense, common carry weapon and stuff like that. And especially the 1911s of those eras, you had to invest, once you bought the gun, you had to invest a ridiculous amount of money in customization and gunsmithing to make that a reliable platform. And that's why a lot of old-timers like the revolver, because they always thought... As soon as you fire, the next one is there. Right, and then if you if you need to be concerned about fast reloads, you just carry another revolver. That's, I think the only the all right. Well, hold on, hold on to that thought because I'm up against a break, and I got a question from a caller or a listener. Once uh, says, "My wife is somewhat petite, couldn't handle a hand cannon. Looking for suggestions for a reliable concealed carry weapon for her." We'll get an answer on that next. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 53 minutes after the hour. Before I get into uh, uh, the next topic here and, and answer this caller's question, we just heard a commercial for INeedNewTires.com. And uh, I'm not getting paid for this. This is a, a just, I'm just telling you this, this works. 
Uh, I had the Dodge Challenger. It had a high-performance tire. They were really expensive. I was calling around, trying to find the best price I could on tires. I wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, and then I heard this ad for INeedNewTires.com. So I signed up, and within 24 hours, I had a bunch of offers from the best dealers in town, uh, and I found an incredible price. What's great about this is they all know they're all competing for your business, uh, and they know exactly what they're competing for, which tire, and everything, so they give you their best prices. I'm telling you, it works. It is just great. It's INeedNewTires.com. Really great. All right, uh, Garson is on board from Graffs. Uh, he brought in two terrific revolvers that we've been talking about. Dale Roberts is in from the CPOA. Scott Van Kirk, former fire, uh, fire, former uh, police officer, law enforcement, and he's a firearms trainer. And we got a message on Facebook. I'm not sure we can help here, but we can point him in the right direction. Uh, Michael says, uh, my wife is somewhat petite and couldn't handle a hand cannon any suggestion for reliable conceal and carry weapon for her? Thanks. And my first thought is, you really have to put the gun in her hands uh, to find out how she, how you know, what really fits her. Um, but there are some places you might want to start, um, and I'm, I'll sort of uh, kick this off with uh, Garson. Um, yeah, the first guns I would look at are the new Smith & Wesson M&P EZs. Uh, oh, yes, definitely. Available in three eighty. Um, if she's recoil-sensitive or 9mm. Um, they're extremely easy to operate um, and very small in size, so someone with a small hand should be able to um, easily grasp and operate the firearm very well. Um the Walther P22 comes to mind as well. Um, that one's um, not one of my favorites, but I know a few people that carry those. Um, it's 10 rounds, 22, and with some of the 22 ammo that's out there, um, you get um, 22 TCM-like performance out of it, um, or, or close to, not exactly. Yeah. Or um, in the revolver arena, and I know you're you're not necessarily a brand fan, but I, the um, the Ruger LCR and 22 yeah. long rifle. Isn't that, cause it's like and they got a Magnum version of that, I think, as well. Oh, they? well, even better, even better. Yeah, or um, um, what's another twenty mag? Um, the Derringer style ones. Oh, um, yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. Uh, Larry carries one. Yeah, you lose me on that because they're single action. Yeah, right. but it's it, an option. It, it is an option, but you lose me because of single action on that one. You know, if you if you go down to graphs, uh, the guys and gals behind the counter, they are shooters. They will share their knowledge. Uh, but there are a couple of suggestions for you. Before I get too far along, normally uh, on uh, this week's episode, uh, we would have um, one of our favorite state representatives, a Second Amendment supporter who's running for re-election on board with us. Would that be Chuck Basie? That would be Chuck Basie. I hear that there's a place that you can actually run into Chuck, though, in the upcoming weeks. Since he couldn't be here at the show this weekend, I think there's an opportunity to, to, to see Chuck next weekend, isn't there? I'd love to do that. Do you know where? I heard it was up somewhere up by Harrisburg. Oh, Creek? you mean the Harrisburg Lions Club <laughs> this coming Saturday? I think that's evening? it. Evening? Yes. Yes. The, the uh, Second Amendment dinner with Chuck Basie 
um, at five starts at five thirty. I think it's maybe fifty dollars, and that includes a roast beef dinner that ends with cherry cobbler from Chef Jeff. Have you all, uh, Gary? Have you all been running commercials for Gary Basie's event? Uh, yeah, for Chuck Basie's Chuck event. Chuck Basie, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. Now Gary, Gary Basie is not running any event. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, when I'm on the air. Um, because we're uh, on several markets, we don't get to hear the commercials. So ah. I didn't. I didn't know if there was running or not. But you know, it's good to let people know where they can uh, go have some fun, support a Second Amendment uh, supporter in the legislature, and maybe win a firearm. Oh yeah, the, he's got uh, numerous firearms along with other loot to uh, auction off, raffle off, whatever the case may be. And earlier, when you were talking about, you know. You and I were talking about people need to email their their representatives about city issues. Chuck Basie is a great person at the state capitol. So. Yeah, we don't always agree, but pretty damn close. And uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment, I don't know anybody who's a better supporter. All right, so uh, Garson, Grafts, go down there, get those uh, uh, revolvers. Thank you for being with us. Dale Roberts from the CPOA, glad to have you with us. And Scott Van Kirk, as always, a pleasure having Thanks. you too. Thanks, buddy. All right, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.